0: good afternoon everyone and welcome to bible quest the tuesday edition Uh, i'm your host jonathan sadler good to see everyone with us today Um, before we start bringing in the panelists and starting to introduce our topic for today um, we just have a little bit of housekeeping uh, for our audience and anyone that's interested in participating with the show uh, today Uh, if you're coming in on the zoom app then you can do that very easily Um, uh, make your comments and your questions either in the Q&A window or the chat window and we'll be monitoring those throughout the show and uh, happy to discuss your questions on our topic or any other questions that you might have. Um, And if you're coming in on Scott's Facebook page you can just comment and submit your questions and comments to Scott's Facebook uh, comment window and I'll be monitoring that as well. Um, There was a question that was asked last week um, by one of our audience members as to Um, how that you could find some of the uh, information and podcasts and things that we've done in the past. All you need to do is just go to BibleQuest.tv and then in the top right corner, podcasts and recordings, uh, and you'll be able to scroll down and see all of the different podcasts and recordings that we've had along with the videos uh, in the past. Those are all updated on our website. It's BibleQuest.tv. So you can do that if you would like to revisit some of the things that we've discussed. Okay, uh, let's bring in our panelists. We've got Scott Smell with us today. How are you doing today, Scott?
1: I'm doing all right, although I am at a spot with limited Wi-Fi, so if at any point I start doing that, give me a signal, and I'll just back out. and You guys can keep Sure,
0: sure, cool. Uh, we also got Dan Bunting with us today. How are you, Dan? Super duper. Happy good. to be here. Good, good. And Justin Dobbs with us as well. How are you, Justin?
2: Hey, guys. Doing well, thank God.
0: all right um well we're gonna probably i think continue what we were doing last week but i'll turn it over to scott what are we going to be talking about this week
1: well if none of you guys have anything further to add about james two we'll go right into james three but if anybody wants to talk a little bit about uh, james two before leaving that behind we'll uh, uh be open for that before we get started on three anybody ready to go All right. James 3 is a pretty practical chapter. I would say all of us at times have had trouble with the very things talking about here, being talked about here, and I would say that most of our audience has had trouble with some of the things talked about here as well. So somebody start reading, and uh, let's take us in through uh verse yeah take us all the way through 12 how about
2: not many of you should become teachers my brothers for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness for we all stumble in many ways and if anyone does not stumble in what he says he's a perfect man able also to bridle his whole body if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us we guide their whole bodies as well For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water.
1: So let's start with verse one. Uh, be not many of you teachers, why? Uh, what are some other passages that talk about, you know, people being teachers or not teachers? What's the, what's the point here, what's critical?
2: Well, I, I hate to start off with saying what he's not saying, but he's not saying don't anybody teach. Right. Uh, there's just, there's too much in the Bible about the need for teachers. Uh, Hebrews five talks about by now you ought to be teachers. Uh, so it's not that teaching is the wrong thing, um, but it's the, the danger that comes with teaching. We tend to replicate in other people, the faults that we have in ourselves. And it's really easy to Create those problems with our tongue because our tongue, as he's going to describe, is just really good at causing big problems.
1: So let's take electricians. You know, don't everybody do electrical wiring? Probably a good idea. That doesn't mean don't anybody do electrical wiring, but be careful.
3: What else? Because what else? it's worded as a warning. Um, it's not. It's not written as a prescription. This is the law that you should not be teachers or you sh- not many of you. And so what's the percentage? If I'm gonna obey this like a law, only one third of us or only one quarter of us or only you know one fifth. Uh, so it's not a prescriptive law, but it's a warning. You should not do this because of this weight and this responsibility that is connected to it. Very good, very good.
1: All right, and then he gives these two illustrations. One with the horse's bridle, and one with the ship's rudder. And what's uh, it reminds me of the parable of the uh, pearl of great price and the the law, the treasure in the field. There's a common thread to both of these illustrations. And what's
2: that thread? Just a little, a little thing, and then a large impact.
1: Yeah. Do you remember? I, 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 when I was a kid, I learned this: sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt me. And I understand, you know, the the idea behind there. But if you stop and think over your life, the times that you have been hit with a stick or a stone are probably not as memorable as some of the times you've been hurt with words. Am I right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, we can learn to realize, to put it in its place, and not stay hurt, you know, and so that's, I think, kind of the wisdom in in the little child is saying, but the fact is some of the most destructive things we can do is with what we say, and we can very destructively hang on to what somebody else has said after they've apologized or after we needed to ignore it and, and, and move on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Discussion on any of these analogies here.
2: Verse 2, uh, it's not to the analogy just yet, but we all stumble in many ways. You know, James is acknowledging just the reality that God's people, uh, though we are to wrestle against sin, we still struggle with it. But uh, not to struggle on what you say is to arrive at perfection. And so maybe he's just describing how common it is for us to misspeak, for us to even accidentally hurt people. Yeah. Um, there there's so many ways in which we can say it the wrong way, say it without wisdom, say it without tact, say it without compassion. Uh, and so... It's not that this is the thing for us to focus on. I think we're going to see here in a little bit, but this is just sort of the icing on the cake, almost like the, this, our speech is going to come from somewhere. And so if we yeah. get the rest of it right, then our speech. So, so someone who's perfect in what they say, this is an indication that the rest of their lives are, are lived well, too.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've already made the point a few times that James often will continue to echo ideas um, all throughout his letter, and he's already talked about our speech, and kind of how to deal with that and how to think about that um, in chapter one, where he says let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak, um, which is a valuable skill to develop in our lives, if you want to start moving towards that, that you know, kind of end goal of perfection in speech and and wisdom that comes from above and those sorts of things that James will discuss in James three, patience in our speech is very important and, and vital um, for us to have as well. And being being slow to speak will solve a whole lot more problems uh, in our lives if we you know think first then say something.
2: Yeah, Proverbs ten. Yeah, and- Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, yeah, go ahead, because I was thinking about Proverbs as well. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, Proverbs 10, uh, 19 says, where words are many, transgression is not lacking. Uh, so I think to your point, Jonathan Lee, the more we say, the more opportunity we're creating for ourselves to mess up. So if we're teachers, you know, by trade, we're supposed to be talking a lot, uh, but that doesn't mean there's a lot more opportunity to mess it up. Uh, so just it, it's a very uh, dangerous profession in that way.
3: Dan, thoughts? There was it might have been Justin a few moments ago who's talking about the connection to uh, that, that your speech is an indication of where you are, uh, you know, uh, kind of like the, a barometer or a thermometer to, to to evaluate where you are. If your speech is is doing a good job, then it indicates how you are as a person. And it reminds me in one of the images he uses here, if we put bits in the mouth of horses so that they will obey us, we guide their whole body as well. So there's this little, little piece that can be used to guide and can and can control. And one of the points there is an out of control tongue, it's so little, it will direct, it will direct the entire horse. The Psalms talks about reins and the bit and bridle in, in two instances close to each other. In Psalm 26, David is asking God, uh, examine me, improve me, and try the reins of my heart. And it's, he's giving God the control, uh, you know, the bit and the bridle, the reins of his heart. And that's really what, what James is trying to get us to do is to have God in control there. And then in Psalm 32, he says, uh, don't be like a horse or a mule that absolutely must have the bit and the bridle to have any direction. In Psalm 32, the great uh, pull is that we will uh, be directed by God without being forced in that direction with, with the reins. And it, it's using that that same symbol of the rein uh, or the bit and the bridle in some different directions, but it shows the value of, uh, or the importance of submission uh,
0: the, to the whole. Yeah, there was a question that came in from TJ. Um, she said, isn't it, it, isn't it saying that it is impossible to become perfect in speech though? Justin, you want to? Talk
2: about that. I feel kind of awkward speaking too quickly on this. <laughs> Just, uh, Just say it fast. Say uh, it. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> and use few words. Mind. Um, so he's he's saying that it's impossible to tame the tongue in verse eight. No human being can tame the tongue, and I think one of our tendencies uh, is to try to curb behavior. You know, we, we try to address uh, the effect of the heart and you know, Jesus in Matthew 15 talks about how it's out of the heart that the mouth speaks. So uh, my understanding of this passage is James is not saying that it's impossible for us to um, change the way that we speak, but it's not going to be possible if we just go after the tongue. We've got to go after the heart. And there's so much in Proverbs and Jesus's teaching um, that addresses the heart. You know, our words are coming out of our person. Uh, And I think uh, Gary Henry I heard him say you know what's what's down in the well comes up in the bucket uh, so it's you know, what we're saying is really you ever try to say something nice to somebody that you just don't like um, and eventually I hope that's not the case but you know eventually we slip up um, or in private we complain about this person and we, we say a barb or uh, and then we say what well, that's not what I said that's not what I meant um, yeah but it came from somewhere and you hear the Freudian slip you know where you know, something came out and it's like, ah, I didn't mean for that to come out. Well, it's because it was there. It, it it was in the heart. And it was just the pressure of the moment that sort of squeezed on the sponge that is our heart. And it, you know, if, if there's milk in the sponge, you squeeze the sponge, the pressure of the moment, the milk comes out. If there's, you know, there's orange juice, you know, whatever it is, it's not the squeezing that makes milk or orange juice comes out. It's, it's, it's what's in it already. So uh, I, I think the idea is not so much that, Uh, We can't learn to perfect what we say. It's just that working on the behavior side of things is is not going to meet with the result that we want. We need to really work on the heart. Uh, We're going to say loving, true things when we have love and truth in our hearts.
0: Yeah, and that's just to to add on a little bit of that. That's the direction that James will end up kind of going in this this section. In verse, you know, 11 and 12, he starts kind of transitioning into the wisdom from above and and wisdom from below and he makes the observation in james three eleven and 12 that a spring can't bring fresh water and salt water fig tree can't bear olives or a grapevine produce figs and that really echoes some of the teachings of jesus as well like what you brought up uh in in matthew uh when jesus says that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks that's right in the same area where he says the the tree bears the fruit of the tree, you know, good tree bears good fruit, bad tree bears bad fruit. Um, exactly. So James is saying the same thing, you know, what we say is a direct kind of picture into who we are. It's
1: a good comment here from Patrick. He says, you can control a tiger, but you can't tame it. You will always have to be careful with the tiger and with the tongue. Uh, and I want to tie that back into the verse that uh, Jonathan mentioned earlier from chapter one. Listen to this again. You know this, my beloved brethren. One nineteen, James one nineteen. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. And how often, when we say something that we shouldn't have said, did we violate this principle right here? And think about everybody here think about when you're getting in an argument with somebody it may be something petty it may be something crucial but once the argument gets going what do you tend to do while the other person is talking what are we tending to do dan
3: that's when they're talking that's when i'm thinking about the next mean thing i'm going to say Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a convenient uh, moment for me to come up with a new statement.
1: Yeah. Reloading, (laughs) you know, we're, we're reloading and and waiting for them to get done. So, and that's not listening. And then once we start talking, what is the other person in the argument
3: doing? They better be listening to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but they're not, they're getting ready to say what they're going to say. And then you can get into the interruption where you're not even waiting for them to get done. And, and so somebody once described an argument, I don't mean a logical argument, a calm argument, but a, you know, we had an argument. Two people talking, nobody listening. And all too often that's the case.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So be quick to hear, slow to speak.
2: That's gonna connect into, oh, I'm sorry, Scott, you weren't done. No, go ahead. I'm being, I'm being quick to speak. <laughs> No, no,
1: no, no. Go ahead. I want to ask a question about fire in Proverbs twenty-six, but y'all go ahead with whatever you have.
2: Well, I don't want to jump too far ahead because we've not even read this section yet. But uh, so much of James one, there where he's saying, "Be quick to hear, slow to speak." He goes on to talk about the things that we should be listening to. We be be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And if we're really wise. We won't just be listening to the people who we're having conversations with. We'll be listening to God's word. Uh, And so you've got wisdom later in Proverbs 3 that is, uh, it's, you know, reasonable, you know, it's open to reason. It's gentle. It's, you know, uh, you can talk with someone and actually the wise people are not the people with all the smarts. They're talking all the time. Wise people are people who are actually listening. Uh, Even if it's not someone who's wiser than they are, they're just, they have the ability to, uh, be patient and quiet and take in information and then say the right thing at the right time. And that's not just because they've practiced a new technique with their tongue. It's because they have the heart of wisdom. And I, I really think, yeah, there's something really dangerous about the tongue. Um, but you also see Proverbs where it's like, you know, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. So we need to know when to speak and know when to speak up and you know talk for the right amount of time. But yeah, there's danger, it Just we need to have a heart of wisdom, the heart of compassion, where what we say is worth listening to. Dan and Jonathan.
3: There's an old line from Aristotle, it is a mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. And so to be able to hear something, to not agree with it, and to keep thinking about it and wondering about it and, and using your imagination to perceive and, and, and what, where is it going to take me? But that doesn't necessarily mean that I accept what it is. Um, It might mean that I understand the the person I'm listening to better, um, and I might be able to better teach them um, if, in fact, I am right and they are wrong, which is that that's that's one of the great dangers is that we assume that we're right and they're wrong. But to listen and to hear and entertain this idea doesn't mean that I accept the idea. And we need to be uh, courageous enough to, to listen to things that we don't agree with and And try to learn from them. And that's if if we can do that, we will be slowing down our speech.
0: Yeah, I want to make just kind of one more observation or, or comment about verse eight. Um, where it says that uh, no human being can tame the tongue. It's this restly evil full of deadly poison. My mind goes to, um, uh, sorry, that's a little bit unrelated, but when Jesus is interacting with the guy that we commonly call the rich young ruler in Luke 18, and he's got his life really, really put together. He comes to Jesus and says, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus gives him a list of things. He says, I'm good on all of those And Jesus says, you lack one thing, go and sell all you have. And he goes away sorrowful because he had a lot of possessions. And then Jesus says, you know, how difficult it will be for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And the apostles look at that whole scenario and they go, well, then who can be saved? (laughs) Um, And then Jesus says, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And I think that that statement certainly applies here in our speech and with James 3. And that'll kind of transition into the next section as well, like we've been referencing if we try, like what Justin was saying, if we try to just control our speech in and of ourselves and not use godly principles and godly characteristics and the fruit of the spirit and those sorts of things to, you know, perfect our speech, we, we will fail. Um, but if we're living our lives producing the fruit of the spirit and living by the power of God and, and living with love and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control, and I mentioned just those specific ones that might have a pretty big impact in our speech, then our speech will be better and, and, and we will get better in, uh, or more perfect uh, in our speech. But um, I think James, James 3.8 is, is not supposed to be there to just kind of um, discourage us into thinking, well, this is a losing battle. I can never, I'm never gonna be able to speak right or speak well. It, it's trying to you know, show us the danger of our speech and the real uh, you know, way that it can explode very quickly and our need to turn to the Lord and look to the Lord and his wisdom to change our lifestyle and our speech.
1: Also, as y'all were talking, I remembered a friend of mine, somebody in the audience uh, uh, probably uh, knows him, Danny Ponder uh, in North Alabama. Um, When I was 21, I went uh, and was preaching with a congregation there and Danny was there and I really respected and appreciated Danny. Danny was not a fellow that just said a lot, you know, like shotgun, boom, 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 talking a lot. But when he said something, it was worth listening to. And like, oh. it, maybe in a business meeting, you know, uh, somebody says this, somebody says that, you know, and there's words, 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 words. And Danny's usually over there quiet and words, words, words. And then after a while, Danny speaks.
2: And we all listen
1: and there was like, well, that was wise you know and and there there's value in not being the person that's always trying to put their words out there you know listen process have be a marksman yeah. <laughs> instead of you know an oozy chant. chance <laughs> <It's> just-
3: <laughs>
2: So kind of, kind of continuing here in James three, where we read about um, the spring. And I think Jonathan, you related this back to some of Jesus's teaching. Uh, It's interesting that as a teacher, we might, we might be more prone to saying true praiseworthy things about God, but he's like, yeah, but how are you treating your brother? Uh, So are we saying things that are wise? Yeah. But are we consistent in the way that, you know, we're talking about God and then talking to other people. And so he, keeps relating these things i think uh dan you had mentioned that james is a lot about relationships and so we we say right wise things about god but then it doesn't you know faith and works we, we've not connected what we believe about god to the way that we treat other people so you, if you really believe god if you really have a heart for him then it's going to change the way that you relate to your brothers and sisters in christ the way that you relate to people in the world um because it's not just about what you say and do it's about your heart and that those things come from a heart that loves
0: god yeah, I think that's the real the real test. I really like that verse in verse 9, that, you know, with our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse man made in the image of God. These things ought not to be so, and that's exactly the point that John will make um, later on. He extends it beyond just speech, but really our actions also in 1 John, where he says, if you say you love God and hate your brother, you're a liar. <laughs> um, you, you don't really love God if you're not treating people well and kind and with love and grace like God does. Um, And that's just, that that's being a child of God. That's imitating God and his character uh, in our relationships.
1: Let's focus for a few minutes on one particular sin of the tongue. That's gossip. So you've got the language here. The tongue is a fire. The word of iniquity among our members is the tongue. Defiles the whole body, sets on fire the wheel of nature, and set on fire by hell. In the book of Proverbs, it says, it gives an analogy. Where there is no wood, what happens to the fire? fire it that. Yeah. And it says, where there is no whisperer,
2: and quarreling ceases.
1: Yeah. So let, let's, let's have some thoughts and reminders and challenges on the importance of watching what we say. Because uh, Romans 1, among the list of the horrible sins of the Gentiles, worthy of death, backbiters and whispers. So some reminders for us all uh, on that. What are some principles and things that we need to think about? John?
0: One thing is if you encounter gossip, um, you're not doing anyone a favor in participating in that further. You're not doing yourself a favor. You're not doing the person that's being gossiped about a favor, and you're not doing the person that's gossiping a favor. If you really want to be a good friend to that person that's sharing gossip, Tell them to stop kindly and encourage them to really think about their attitude and their words and and offer to pray with them, ask them to do that. Because just listening is not going to help. It needs to be put to a a halt.
1: And ask them, you'd say, if they come up and uh, say, oh, did you hear what so-and-so did? And said, is this something you need to talk to them about? You know, have you talked to them about this? Well, no, but, well, then I think you need to talk to them. Well, but you are... You know, gossips need customers. They'll go out of business if nobody will listen. So don't be the one that says, I'm not going to repeat it. And of course, that person tends to say, I heard this, don't tell anybody. But,
2: (laughs) and then it goes and goes. Other thoughts? So, Proverbs 17 or 18 i should look it up um where it talks about tasty morsels yeah you know um yeah 18.8 the words of a whisper are like delicious morsels they go down to the inner parts of the body um and it's sort of like you know those If you sit down and eat like a big steak then it's you know you kind of notice when, once you've eaten it but if it's just like little bits here and there and there and there and there before you know it like you didn't realize how much you'd eaten, but you just devoured this whole platter. Uh, it's so juicy. I think it is. Uh, and it's so tasty. It's like, well, it's just a little bit. Nobody's going to notice. I think it's the same thing with uh, news or prayer requests. Um, you know, we kind of recapsulate this news about people that we're talking about be praying for them as though that's the spiritual thing to do. Um, praying is a spiritual thing to do, but wow. Our motivation is wrong. But I think what he says there in Proverbs 18 is they go down to the innermost part of the body. And we've been talking about the tongue and the heart. And I don't know that I've often stopped to think about what gossiping is doing to my heart. Uh, It's wrong, it's evil, it hurts other people, but it also hurts me because it changes the way that I think about people, not just this person, but suddenly I'm looking at other people as though I have power over them because I know things about people. And if you knew what I knew... Then, well, you'd be in this power too, and so it's sort of this power game, and it changes the way that we relate to other people, and that is deadly uh, because it it inflates ego, uh, it causes carnal thinking, judgment, I mean, all just all kinds of sins can then well well the wildfire idea from James, but gossip changes the hearts of people who, who share it.
1: Yeah, and so if if between the the four of us here. If I have a conversation with two of you about one of the other ones and it's like, well, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Then the next time you see him, it's like, oh, right. oh, yeah, yeah. That it, it, It's a poisoning effect.
2: Even if you don't believe it at first, it, but it just, I mean, it scatters those doubts. Uh, so is discord.
1: There's smoke. There must be fire. John.
0: Yeah, a comment from Brianne. Uh, she said, "It comes back to First Corinthians and love, believing all things. If we are to, if we are eager to believe good about each person, we have to train our hearts and desires to know flaws in others."
3: And and one of the, one of the the concepts with with gossip is, um, that I think somebody said the idea of motivation. If the motivation is that it's tasty, um, it's it's amazing what we will find tasty, right? It tastes really good to hear about this terrible thing that somebody is doing or mm-hmm. thinking. Um, but we could talk about that terrible thing with a different motivation. The conversation will be awful because we're trying to figure out what we can do for that person. Um, may, maybe, Maybe one of you can speak to person A better than I can. So I'm coming to you for help or, and maybe then you tell, will you go talk to them anyways, or no, we'll go together. Or yes, maybe you do know, you do know them better. And so that conversation is completely different. We're talking about the the complicated or terrible thing. And we might even feel icky because these are rough things, but we're not enjoying the meal of these words. We are working to, uh, make this wrong situation right again? How can we help them? And how can you help me speak to them?
1: Now, loving correction is constructive. Whispering, gossiping, backbiting is destructive. You're talking to people who are not part of the problem about the problem that's either real or perceived or is only half of the coin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, man, you, you start, there's a proverb says, the first person. So it always sounds right until you hear the neighbor, yeah. uh, man, it's, uh, but while ago I, I laughed, I was not laughing at Breanne's, uh comment. <laughs> I, I was laughing at this that came in. Patrick said, Scott told me which of you two he has been talking about to the other. Okay. <laughs> that, that made me laugh. Um, yeah, so, and, and then if it's a sin against me, what did Jesus say in Matthew eighteen fifty? If your brother sins against you, you go to the brother. What, what, didn't it go to the elders and tell them what he did to me, and then the elders talk about?
2: Go to him, your email prayer list. problem, <laughs>
1: and, and then I ask you guys, hey, be praying for so and so. He did this to me. Is that not what it says? No. It says go to him. Go to him. Just yeah. the two of you. I can't take that other guy that I know doesn't like him. Go to him, how alone. And if he hears you, you won. Is that what it says? You've won a brother. You've gained a brother. brother. Yeah. It's not that you showed him. It's it's that you gained your brother. But if he won't hear you. Then you get some help. Yeah. Take one or two more. Um, doesn't mean, you know, tell everybody about it, doesn't mean tell all the elders take one or two more. And if you got elders, it'd be good maybe take one or two of them. It also might be good to take somebody who has had that same problem or take somebody that he respects, right? Because if, if there's some strife, if there's some past strife in a group and, I want to talk to that brother. I think he's wrong. I think he wronged me. And I choose to take the guy that I know has had a history with him in the past of not getting along with them. Am I, am I trying to help him?
2: corner him?
1: Yeah. 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 Think about who would be good. You know, who does he respect? Which of the elders might be good for this? Who would, who would be somebody that's gone through this? Who would be somebody wise that might help him listen. And then if he doesn't listen to that, after you've taken one or two more at the mouth of two or witnesses, then what do you do?
0: Take it to the church.
2: And if he doesn't listen to the church, what do you do? There are some severe consequences. He's going to be removed from that fellowship yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which is not what we want. But if you get if you if you get to a person who will not follow Christ and refuses to repent, that that needs to be recognized.
2: So um, sorry, Justin. It it's interesting uh, when you get to the end result in uh, Matthew eighteen, there with uh, the brother who's sinned. You know, we're talking about sins of the tongue here, but the concern I think in Matthew 18, 1 Corinthians five, and some other passages about church discipline. Um, is, is really the holiness of God and the holiness of his people. And so here in James 3, we're treating people in connection with the way that we respond to a holy God. Uh, so there's some interesting connections there in, in our response to sin. We're not going to gossip about it. We're not going to talk about it unless it's to help people to be holy because you know, people are made in God's image. You know, we're, so we're, we're trying to treat God like he's holy, talk about God like he's holy, and then treat the other people around us. Uh, as though we really believe they're made in His image. So if someone sins, we're not going to go whispering about it. We're going to help them. So it just the way that we use our tongue really says a lot about our theology. And yeah. I think one, what ends up happening.
3: I think I think one of the things there we have when we have a disagreement, and why why does Jesus give instructions like he does in Matthew eighteen? Um, going by yourself, going with others, speaking to others. One of the things that that does is it's trying to, you know, th- this is from the perspective of, you know, if, if he is wrong, if there is a wrong in him, not just he and I don't see eye to eye, but if there's something wrong, uh, wrong with his perspective, wrong with his behavior or interpretation, a lot of what we're trying to do is we're trying to get that person to see more clearly. To open their eyes to the reality around them. And so I come and there's a disagreement between me and this individual, and I'm not able to help them see uh reality. And it might be because they don't want to see my reality. So we bring in other viewpoints and other people and someone who shares their philosophy and they count as wise. And that person may also say to them, No, you aren't looking at the world the right way. you, you've blinded yourself to something, or you're, trying, you're ignoring a sin, or you're not accepting something that's, that's in this world. And that's, that's a common problem uh, where we uh, want to uh, put a kink in reality and live that way uh, and try to live our own way. And, and in a lot of ways, that's what James is trying to get us to do with these statements. He says, you really need to believe me, the tongue will kill you. How many times does he repeat himself by saying the tongue's this big, but it's actually this big? You know? yeah. He just repeats himself over and over and over again. And it's striking me that as the listener, uh, he's trying to overcome my blindness, my absolute refusal to say, sure, I know the tongue's bad, but it's not for me, or but I have it under control, or but, but, but. so he's doing the same thing with us
1: in just a minute uh because we're coming up towards the end of the webcast i'd like somebody to take us through verse 13 through 18 uh but i I want to make one more comment about this in that that discussion matthew 18 15 notice how it fits do unto others as you would have them do unto you so you know if if i've mistreated jonathan and jonathan comes to me and explains that i say oh you're right. I'm sorry. You know, I appreciate that. My brother's come to me and he, he, he showed me and helped me. And that's great. But instead of Jonathan coming to me, Jonathan goes to Justin and to Dan and tells him about it. And then he comes to me and he said, yeah, I've been talking with Justin and Dan and, you know, it, it, am I going to appreciate that? I, I think I'd say, why didn't you come to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so it's it's an example of do to others how you would like them to do unto you, and if you start off a situation by mistreating the person in that way, that's not a good way to start a conversation where you're trying to fix a problem by yourself. You know, doing the other person wrong and committing a problem. Anything else on that before somebody takes us through thirteen through
3: eighteen? And we mentioned before times
1: with the Sermon on the Mount and several of the Beatitudes are repeated here in James. One is echoed right there at the end of that chapter. Which one is it? Blessed are the
3: peacemakers.
1: Yeah, yeah, peacemakers. Uh, And then we'll get to those that mourn uh, in the next chapter and different things. Discussion in our final minutes here on 13 through 18.
3: There's so much power in that last verse. Uh, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace, and this chapter has been about sowing in discord uh, or waking up to the fact that your tongue will sow discord and jealousy and 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 problems and that's what chapter Four is all about and He wants us to understand that uh, there is no uh, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, and I must sow in peace. I must make peace because there's no other um, avenue by which I can pursue righteousness than by peace in this godly v- wisdom.
2: There's so many practical applications to this, uh, especially as you continue to go into chapter four, he talks about the quarreling and fighting, uh, what causes it. We might think, well, it's the issues, you know, the issues that separate us and cause problems. It's not the, it's not the issues. Uh it, it is, it is the heart that we bring to those issues. And I've often used James three. Uh, my wife Lindsay and I, you know, we're having trouble communicating. Like James three is where we each need to go. And if if we're counseling another married couple and they're having problems, you know, are are you having these problems because you're just really concerned for the other person and you really want their welfare and they're not listening, or is it, you know, like you had said before, Dan, we're not seeing the world. They're not seeing the world the way I see the world and it's selfish. It's selfish ambition. Yeah. Um, and you know we, we might say, well, I'm just kind of argumentative by nature. James says it really plainly. It's demonic. Uh, it's, it's the kind of logic that Satan employs when he's trying to captivate other people. And so when we get into this argument where I treat my spouse like a rival, uh, and it's either your way or my way, then that is the same logic that satan uses when he's trying to bring other people under him and so that's that's not wise it's not peaceable it's not gentle it's just counter to everything that that christ is uh it's worldly it's earthly and so you can't expect to get very far with that there's not going to be unity and there's not going to be any honor to you if you continue to go down this kind of uh of quarreling so it's just Uh, I think it's really practical, get at the heart of what's causing the argument, not just the issues, but really who am I and how do I need to change myself, not just the way that I talk, but what I really want. Am I wanting to love God here? Am I wanting to love my neighbor, in this case, my wife, or am I just looking to promote myself?
3: Ambition is going to be the opposite of unity.
2: Hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Libyans, too, don't look just to your own things, but to the things of others. Yeah. count out better than self among Christians. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts for Jonathan Well,
3: oh, Even just the image that the wisdom is going to come down from above, w- which means that we're not just going to stumble onto it down here, kicking our feet in the dirt. In the dirt. Um, you know, if, if you're just shooting from the hip, then you're, you're probably using worldly wisdom guns um, your bullets are from um, what you've experienced from people around you. It's not. It's not what has come down from above.
2: Yeah, he says there in verse thirteen. This this meekness of wisdom he mentioned Beatitudes, the attitudes, yeah. you the know, the peacemakers, sons of God. Was also you know blessed are the meek. Uh, you know there's. there's <laughs> Uh, The meekness of wisdom back in chapter one, verse 21, we're receiving with meekness, the implanted word. It's not about my ideas. and trying to get you to succumb to my ideas, but it's about, can both of us learn to submit to God's wisdom? And that ought to be the goal of any arguing that we would uh, endeavor to engage in as as we're trying to bring others with us as we all submit to God's wisdom.
1: And blessed are the merciful right there in verse 17, full Hmm. mercy. Yeah, you know, just all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Well, um well thank you guys for your discussion through that chapter. Thank you for our audience, for your participation your comments um, about that. Again, if you have any other further comments or questions, you can submit those to us, and I'll just show again on the screen uh, how you can do that. You can go to our website, BibleQuest.tv, and get to our homepage. If you want to submit any questions to the Tuesday show, you can just click in the top right and go to the Tuesday broadcast, and your your name, email, and your question. Uh, Or if you'd like to look at any of and listen to any of the shows that we've had in the past, um, both the Tuesday and the Wednesday show, shows are all here on our website under the podcast and recordings page. Um, And so you can visit that and uh, re-listen at your own leisure. Uh, With that, that's all that we have for this week. Um, So thank you guys for coming in and we will see you all next week, Lord
1: willing.